0: You are listening to the weekly podcast of Greater Christ Temple in Lima, Ohio. We pray you enjoy today's message. And I can start wondering, God, why am I here? We start questioning God. Why am I here? How did I get here? How am I going to get out of here? But Paul says, no, no, no. Just calmly be happy in the Lord. Calmly be happy in the Lord. And he says, to write the same things to you, to me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you, it is safe. And I meant to bring my my other... It's all right. It's all right. And so finally, my brother, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you is indeed not grievous, but for you is safe. In other words, Paul is saying, yeah, I'm going to tell you the same thing over and over again. And no, it doesn't bother me that I have to say the same thing over and over again, because if you don't get anything else that I tell you, I want you to understand this. Rejoice in the Lord rejoice in the Lord I mean if we could just really pause there and really think about the weight of what he's saying how many times do we have that mindset that God I'm here in this terrible uncomfortable situation I don't feel good I don't feel good in my body I don't feel good in my mind I've got the enemy attacking me from every which way but God my posture is I'm going to rejoice I'm going to rejoice in you how can you let's let's talk about this for a minute How can you rejoice in a bad situation? Why is it I can stand up here and tell you that in the midst of chaos that may go on in your life, you might have everything working against you. Maybe you're just drained. Maybe you're just tired in your body. How can even in those situations that don't seem like an ideal time to be able to rejoice, how can we still rejoice in moments like that? Because here's why. Our... Our posture, I'll use that word, there's another word I'd rather use, I'm trying to think of it, Uh, uh, our, our attitude, let's use that, is not predicated on our surroundings. Our attitude should not be, let me put the word should not, should not be dictated by what we can see. There's so many different scriptures that talk about why this is the case. One that we quote all the time is we walk by faith and not by So if we don't walk by sight, then why am I getting all worked up over what I'm seeing? We quote that all the time. We walk by faith, not by sight. I'm just walking by faith. I am walking by faith, living in love. But how many times as soon as we see something that doesn't line up with what we think we should see, we start to panic. Or we start to give up on God. We start to question God. Or we start to get down in the dumps, as my father used to say. It's because we're predicating how we feel based on what we see. But what the, what the Bible tries to get us to do is to rejoice. I love the verse that says, rejoice in the God of your salvation. I'm not rejoicing in my circumstance. I'm not rejoicing based on how I feel. Because here's the thing, if we only rejoiced or gave God praise or had that calm happiness when things went well, there'd be a lot of times where we just wouldn't be in a good, we wouldn't be in a good state. Because how many know there are times when it don't always feel good, right? I can tell you this week, I was, man, uh, uh, who used to say, I think it was Elder Marshall Taylor used to say, uh, somebody was, Oh, he used to say, he said that when my father came down, to the altar for the first time when 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 the Lord saved him, March 13th. It was March 14th, 1975. Elder Taylor always said that he said, "Man, this big six-two man with an afro came down the aisle looking meaner than the devil, right? How how come?" And I lost my train of thought trying to think of that statement. But uh, the the devil is 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 mean. How can when situations maybe this is the point I was going to make help it come back, Lord? But how come even when situations seem so bad, I'll tell you exactly what it was. Thank you, Lord. Monday, I was madder than the devil, I thought. I was madder than the devil. Why was I madder than the devil? Well, our faucet in our, in our, bathtub, in our, uh, our shower, uh, it's been acting kind of shaky. The knob is getting tight. And so we're like, something ain't right with this. Well, eventually the thing just broke and the water would not stop. We couldn't turn the water off couldn't turn the water off, and I'm like, man, this is the last thing we need. I'm got, i running late now to take my one son to our grandparents' house, and then my other son's not feeling good, but he's ready to go to school, so I take him to school, and then my wife is almost nine months pregnant, so she's not feeling great, and it's a Monday morning, and I got a whole full schedule on my agenda, and now my faucet wants to break. I was madder than the devil, I thought, right? And so... I get to the point where I call the plumber, and the plumber, they're like, okay, yeah, we'll have somebody out. Well, first, the first company I called said, uh, we can't get anybody there till like, noon. I'm like, well, this, my house will be flooded by noon, so I need somebody quicker than that. And so I called a different company and said, oh, we can get someone out in the next couple hours. And my wife's at home, she's like, I'm bailing water, so they're going to have to hurry up, but I'm bailing it as best I can, and I'm dropping kids off at school. It was a mess. It was a mess. And so this company says, okay, we'll be there in the next two hours. So we get home, she starts bailing water, and I figure, okay, let me go try to turn off the main water to the house so we don't flood the house. And so I find out that the main water shutoff valve is in a crawl space. Now I don't know about if if y'all y'all know me pretty well. I don't do crawling and I don't do spaces, and I don't do manual labor. <laughs> I, I I take this honest from my father. I I manual labor if I can avoid it I will. I used to in fact, I don't want to lose my thought here, but uh when I worked at the funeral home in Springfield, I used to I would I would volunteer to buy somebody's lunch if they would do if I had a manual task I had to do, I would say, "Look, I'll buy your lunch if you do that for me." And and they they ended up, I ended up getting this reputation of just always being willing to if it was manual work, Michael was gonna pay somebody else to go do it, and I remember when I left the funeral home, they said, "Who's gonna buy us lunch for doing all the stuff you don't want to do no more?" I said, "I don't know, but it ain't gonna be me." But I I, I don't like manual stuff, so I found out this this the shut off is in the in the crawlspace. So I'm like, "Okay, well, thank you, Lord. At least I know at least the house ain't gonna flood. I can go turn the water off." And so I get I find the crawlspace and it. They don't call it that for no reason, y'all. They call it a crawl space because that's the only way you're going to fit in that space is by crawling. But before you can even get into the space, you've got to get through the little opening that's about this wide. I'm not exaggerating when I say that opening is this wide. And I'm like, I'm this wide. So I don't know how none of this is going to work. And then I got to thinking, who else in this house could do this? I said, well, my wife can't do it because ain't no way she's getting in there. And then my boys, they'd be scared to death crawling in there. So I said, well, Lord this was this must be what you mean by being a man you got to take care of your family and so I said I got to do it and so I put on my big boy pants I crawled I f- finagled my way through the little opening into this crawl space I'm madder than the devil there, there's rocks all on the ground and other White said well you're blessed because some crawl spaces got nothing but dirt and mud and dust and everything else at least this one had gravel I said yeah that sounds good but tell my knees that because my knees was they still hurt from crawling on this gravel and then not only that it would have been nice the 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 water shut off could have just been right there right right next to the opening that would have made sense right no no it's got to be all the way on the opposite side and in the back corner of this crawl space so i said oh lord so i crawl all the way over there i'm i'm crying i'm lord this hurts so bad because it hurt it hurt and i get there i turn the water off and i hear my wife say all right it's off it's off i said okay thank you lord i come i crawl back out get back out the crawl space go up long story short i made that journey about six times that day up and back For different reasons trying to get this figured out. I was madder, I think, than the devil at the situation. I said, God, why are you allowing this to happen? Then I got to call the grandparents and say, I'm going to be late bringing miles because the house is flooded. And then uh, 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 one of the saints called me and and was telling me, was checking on me saying, how's your voice doing? I know your voice was gone Sunday. I said, listen, my voice is good. Thank you for checking, but I'm trying to keep my house from flooding right now. And she could hear the water in the background. It was a mess. It was a mess. Why am I telling you this story? One, because I got to get it off my chest, because that that was a day. That was a day. And then come to find out the plumber can't get there. I called them after the two-hour window and said, hey, where y'all at? Y'all said y'all was coming. The guy had the nerve to say, oh, you know what? All of our technicians are in a meeting in Dayton, so they're not going to be able to get to Lima until after 2 o'clock. I said, well, then why'd they tell me two hours? They could have told me that from the beginning. He said, I don't know, honestly. and then. The thing that makes you the most mad is they say, well, I don't know why they told you that. And I'm like, "Oh Lord, Lord, what are you doing right now? But what I found is this, and in the midst of it, the Lord kept bringing back to me. He said, well, first off, I need you to slow down. Find your footing. Isn't that what you told the people on Sunday? Find your footing. When you're in a new environment, because guess what? That was a new environment for me. I don't know nothing about plumbing and I don't know nothing about crawl spaces. And the Lord showed me, you, I'm testing your own word that you gave to the people. Find your footing. Quit crying and find your footing. And I said, okay, Lord, I hear you. I hear you. And so I was able to find my footing in that moment. And in that moment, I was able to find a peace. And trust me, I don't know where it came from because I was so, I was so flustered. Anybody ever been in a situation that's just super uncomfortable and you're flustered and you don't know what to do, but what Paul is telling us here is in the midst of that. My situation wasn't that bad. My situation, imagine Paul was in chains. He knew that his life could end at any moment, yet he had the courage and he had the unction of the Holy Ghost to tell us to rejoice rejoice in your trying times, rejoice in your doubting times, rejoice in your seasons of uncertainty. This one's big because it's not always that stuff is going bad. Sometimes it's just that stuff is not going at all. Sometimes it's just you're in a season of uncertainty. Anybody ever been in a season of uncertainty? It's not really good. It's not really bad, but things are just kind of uncertain. You don't really know how things are going to turn out. But he says, finally, rejoice in the Lord. Find your calm happiness in the Lord. Because, number one, he's in control of what? Everything. You mean he was in control of that faucet break in and you having to crawl to that crawl space and and tear your knees up? There was a lesson in it. And the lesson was, number one, be thankful that you have a house. (laughs) be thankful that there was a way to be able to turn the water off be thankful that the house didn't flood and the one that he smacked me with in the face is said and be thankful i didn't let this happen yesterday because the day before was sunday it would have been chaos i would have had to call somebody say okay i can't come to church this was all happened at eight in the morning and we didn't get it resolved till about eight at night but finally time we got a plumber there we had to get a whole new uh uh the whole new system for the shower. In fact, I had to install it myself. I mean, it was Lord, the Lord stretched me in a lot of different ways on Monday, right? Had me YouTubing and reading manuals on how to install a new faucet head. It was crazy. But what did the Lord show me? He showed me that it's not that bad. It could be could be a lot worse it could be worse not only could it be worse it could have happened yesterday on sunday when uh, your wife was was really not feeling well and then you got church and you got to try to figure out what are we going to do about church am i going to be able to get there my wife can't keep bailing all this water by herself if i turn the water off then she don't have no water all day while we're gone at church it could have been a lot worse and so god said be thankful that i didn't let it happen yesterday my mercy And my grace is always working. Even when it doesn't make sense for you, I still know what I'm doing. I am God and you are not. That humbled me. And guess what? Even in that uncomfortable situation, God showed me something. He showed me that, listen, all you got to do is trust me, and when I take you through something, this is the question to ask. I was counseling with somebody this, uh, this afternoon, and they were telling me about some different things that were going on, and God told me to tell them this, and this is what I believe I'm sharing this with you for. When God is taking you through something, what's the number one thing we start doing? Questioning, right? Asking why, or or we do this one we start trying to find a way out of it start trying to find a way how can I get out of this how can I how can I get out of this yet oftentimes out of the same mouth that we're trying to find a solution or we're asking God to take it away we also are praying well God whatever you know if you're teaching you know whatever you're taking me through Lord if it's your will Lord let me go through it yet we're also praying praying about it we're asking for a solution to it but we're also saying God you're this is something you must be taking me through well if God's taking you through it then just sit there and take it why are you praying for a solution But when he's when he's taking us through something, this is the question we should ask. This is the question we have to. This is often why we stay in situations longer than we're meant to, because there is a lesson. Somebody say lesson. There's a lesson that God is trying to teach us through that situation. God does not just allow stuff to happen just because he ain't got nothing else to do i'm gonna say that again god does not just allow any think about the worst thing you're dealing with right now i want everybody to do this think about the worst thing you're dealing with the thing that's on your mind the most right now it's been weighing you down for hours or days or weeks think about that situation think about it everybody got something in their mind that they're thinking about guess what that did not happen because god left the helm It did not happen because God abandoned the control of the ship. It happened because there is something that that situation is designed to teach you. Y'all got quiet on me. There is something that that situation is designed to teach you. And often, God allows us to stay there because we haven't learned our lesson yet. Have you ever wondered why Jonah was in the belly of the whale for three days? Why not one day? Why not two days? Why not just a few minutes? I believe, and this is me, this is just my interpretation, I believe it's because it wasn't because God just said, I'm going to leave him in there for three days. I believe it was because three days was how long it took for Jonah to learn the lesson. Think about it. Don't miss it. It took three days for Jonah to learn the lesson, and that's when God said, okay, now I can bring him out of this situation. How how different would his story have been if Jonah immediately when he got swallowed up would have been like, okay, God, all right, I get it. I'm out, I'm going, I'm gonna go preach. Jonah might have only been in there for a few minutes. And so sometimes we're in the belly of the beast longer than we need to be because we have not learned the lesson. So my question to you or my challenge to you is, and I didn't even get to, to all the stuff I wanted to get to tonight, but my challenge to you is when you're in a situation that's uncomfortable ask God, God, what are you trying to teach me in this moment? What are you trying to teach me in this moment? Because number one, that's, just asking that question will change your posture about the situation. It will change your perspective, let me use that word, about the situation, because now you're gonna bring back to your memory Oh, man, wait a second, God's still in control of this thing. Okay, all right. So, God, now that I'm here in this terrible situation, I'm here crawling in this daggone crawl space. My knees are on fire. My back's on fire. I'm mad because I got to crawl back here through cobwebs and all this stuff just to shut the water off, which ain't even really a fix. This is a temporary fix. God, what are you trying to teach me through this? And guess what? He said, I'm trying to show you to be grateful, grateful for what you have. Grateful for the fact that, again, I didn't let this happen yesterday. Grateful for the fact that you have water, you have a shower, you you have all of these things. Yeah, it might be inconvenient, but I'm trying to teach you something. Will you learn the lesson? Will you learn the lesson? And if the answer is yes, I believe God moves. Once he sees, okay, now you're ready. You've passed that test. Now I can take you to the next thing. Now I can move you on into the next assignment. But sometimes we're hard-headed and we don't learn it and we and so then i believe sometimes we stay in situations longer but let me wrap this up the point here is finally 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 rejoice in the lord yes i'm dealing with this bad situation and got sick kids I got uh, a, a faucet issue trying to keep my house from flooding finally my brother be strong in the Lord you have to get to your finally moment in your situation you know what I've talked about it long enough I've complained about it long enough I've talked about it long enough I've reasoned about why I'm here long enough I've doubted God long enough I've questioned God long enough finally finally how long does it take you to get to your finally moment? That's the question. How long will it take? Is it going to take you weeks? Are you still going to be hung up on the same hang up a month from now that you're on right now? Is that situation that I told you to get in your mind a few minutes ago, are you still going to be hung up on that situation next week? Is it still I'm not the situation may not change. It may still be the same situation. But will you still be hung up on it next week? Or will you come to your finally moment where you can say, "Finally, Michael. Okay. Okay. Finally, Michael. Rejoice in the Lord." have a calm happiness what's wrong with you why are you panicking why are you acting like god's lost control of this situation he hasn't he's still god finally how long will it take you to get to your finally moment and i'll challenge you with this and i'm done i challenge you with this and it'll happen may happen tonight but the next time a situation a new situation comes up that's not favorable to you it's not good news we, guess what? We don't always get good news. A lot of times we get bad news. Okay? When that bad news comes, I want you to challenge yourself and say, okay, processing the bad news, I got it. All right. Finally, rejoice in the Lord. Command yourself to get to that finally moment. And maybe you can't do it right away. I'll tell you this. I'll be honest. Sometimes my I'll, I'll be complaining about something to my wife and she'll basically, and she'll say it in her nice, sweet way, but she'll basically say, how long are you going to sit there and complain about it? Or when are you going to actually do something about it? And she'll say it this way. She says she's good for saying it this way. So are you just complaining about it or are you going to do something about it? And sometimes, I'm just, like, I'm just complaining about it right now. Just let, me compl- just let me complain about it, that's what I'm doing right now. And then after a few minutes, I'll kinda come to my finally moment and say, okay, now I'm gonna do something about it. What did I do? I simply just came to my finally moment when I was ready to. But you can't always mess around with that, right? Don't always, uh, as soon as you realize what's going on, push yourself to get to your finally moment Faster, Get to your finally faster. Maybe that could be a lesson one day. Get to your finally faster because what does that mean? It means after everything I'm going through, everything I've said before, everything that's been a precursor to how I'm feeling, once I get to my finally, then I know I'm just going to rejoice in the Lord. I'm just going to rejoice. I'm just going to have a calm happiness about it because that's what God's calling me to do. And that's the only way I'm ever ever going to graduate the different tests that God takes me through is by getting to my finally okay thank you Lord what what do they call the end of your when you're about to come to the end of your educational course or your educational class what's the last thing you have to pass or take before you can end that 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 opportunity it's called what come on teacher what what do you give at the end of every semester you give what you give it what is it what is it? Final. You give a final. Uh-oh. You give a final. Elder Gooding must just be passing out grades over there. He's I don't know what you're talking about. He's, he said exam. But the same thing. Finals. You have finals, right? Before you can pass the test, you've got to get to the finals. Before you can pass your spiritual test or your practical test that God allows to come, you've got to get to your finally. Uh-huh. It's not, the exact, it's not an exact match, but it works. It's the same concept. You've got to get to your finally. And when you get to your finally, you throw your hands up and say, I'm rejoicing in my God. No matter what the situation is, I'm at my finally moment, and I can rejoice here. I can rejoice here. Did that help somebody? I don't know if that helped anybody. It helped me. It helped me because I know next time, next time, thanks, D. next time. I have a moment like I had on Monday. I told Elder White yesterday, I said, man, I had a time yesterday. And I didn't even get, I wanted to vent about it, but I didn't get to because I had a car to go on. And I said, man, I'll tell you about it later. Because, man, I just wanted to get it off my chest. I was mad. But God is showing me, just relax, relax. Just rejoice. Be grateful. Be thankful. I've got it. It wasn't the end of the world. In fact, what he did, the plumber who ended up coming, ended up being one of the Henderson boys. I didn't even know this he rekindled a relationship with somebody that i knew when i was a kid hadn't seen in probably 20 years he ended up being the one who came to the house right maybe god orchestrated and he was singing my father's praises and just reminiscing on uh, the henderson's uh, history with greater christ temple and all that we got to talking about that maybe god allowed all of that to happen just so that man could come in my house so we could have this conversation who knows who knows See, God works in mysterious ways. He does things that don't make sense to us for whatever reason. Maybe that brother needed some encouragement. Maybe he needed to to see me. I don't know. But God knows what he's doing. He always knows what he's doing. Get to your finally moment. And when you get there, put your hands up and just rejoice in the Lord. Have that calm happiness that everything is going to be all right. Can we put our hands together and give God a praise? I tell you, it's amazing how God works. I, that, that's not even what I, I wanted to talk about, living the life. Didn't I say that at the beginning? <laughs> I wanted to talk about living the life and really go through verse by verse, all the way down to verse 14, and God just stopped me on verse 1, and that's what we got. So I guess when we resume, we'll go back and uh, maybe pick up and talk about actually living the life uh, at, the next, at the next one. But we say amen. We certainly thank God for all of you that are here. Uh, we are going to quickly here receive an offering Uh, if you have something to bring unto the lord you can do so uh here in a minute we can do it electronically as well but i just believe that god is he's working he's doing something He's, he's doing something. God is doing something. He's stirring us up. He is moving us. He is, I believe he's organizing us. I believe he's galvanizing us because there is a great work. How many know there's a great work that God is calling this church to do in this city? I believe it. I I, I firmly believe it. I don't, I don't believe God just has us here to be our own echo chamber. Y'all know what an echo chamber is? You're just saying stuff, and it's just echoing. Only y'all hear it. Nobody else hears it. I don't believe God has us just to be an echo chamber. But I believe he has us because he wants us to be a voice to this community. And right now, he's just preparing us. He is preparing us to go and do the work. So at this time, we are going to go ahead and receive an offering. And we are going to let you go. We do want to... um, let you know the service for Brother Louis Cannon will be on um, Tuesday. Uh, excuse me, Wednesday, December twenty-seventh, next Wednesday. So a week from today, the service for Brother Louis will be here at the church. Um, visitation at ten o'clock. The service will begin at twelve noon. So we do ask that um, you come and support the family. Brother Louis, you know, was faithful, especially in his later years in life. I was so happy that he was able to go to um, the nursing home to visit my father back in May. Uh, in fact, Brother Louis almost is the reason that my dad found out about the surprise. Uh, he almost, Brother Louis, didn't give it away, but somebody took a picture of Brother Louis getting on the on the bus. And my dad, I called my dad just to see. Him. I said, Dad, what's, I said, what's up? You up? You ready? You dressed and stuff? I told you to get ready because I got to come record you. And he said, yeah. He like, but what's going on at the church? He was like, a bunch of people. Was, I saw Brother Louis getting on a bus. I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, yeah, Brother Louis and a bunch of people. It was a lot of people. I was like, yeah, there's a lot of people at church today. He said, no, no, Brother Louis was getting on a bus, and a lot of other people was there. And I said, I don't know. So I told my wife, I said, go look on Facebook and see what he's talking about. Somebody had posted a picture of Brother Louie posing in front of the bus, getting on. And so so I had to do damage control. And uh, we, we ended up. I talked to him out. I said dad I said you know maybe that could be something old I don't know maybe it's an old picture I said Lord help me not to tell no lies here but I said maybe it's something old or something brother Louie was traveling you know their family always doing something he said oh yeah yeah maybe so maybe so it just seemed like a lot of people from the church on a bus I was like no nah, that's crazy dad I don't know so <laughs> we were able to get the picture deleted and kind of I don't know. I thought I talked him out of it, but knowing him, he probably still knew something was going on. But even though he acted surprised. But I, I just think of that moment, Brother Louis got up and talked um, at the nursing home, if you all recall, and gave words of encouragement and just how much my father and the church meant to him. And so I always remember that about Brother Louie and uh, just a good man, just a good man. And so we ask that you come support the family next Wednesday and uh there will be no repass at the church so the church will not be responsible for doing anything like that we just have to make sure the doors are open and uh we're here to accommodate them amen amen any other announcements or anything before we take our offering and go elder yes Yes. Yeah. Temple Throwback uh, uh, Tuesdays. We're taking old tapes of different preachers who have preached here or in different meetings that uh, my father hosted, and uh, every Tuesday we are playing those, and we're getting good good engagement on those. It's always going to be on Facebook and YouTube at six o'clock on Tuesday. It will be on the podcast on um, the following day. So if you go back on Wednesday and then forever on it's it's on our podcast channel so spotify or apple itunes you can type in greater christ temple and you can find those messages so yes thank you for for reminding us of that um next wednesday we will have our food for the body and soul uh, which is our food giveaway or meal that we host here for the community um it's been going well the reason we're doing is because people have been asking for it first we said well we're not going to do november december because holidays and people were like what you know we're looking forward to that so we thank god for that because we're planting seeds again we're scattered elder white and i were talking today it's, we sometimes think we got to plant the seed and then cultivate it and watch it grow and water it and all that and god's like i didn't call you to do all that i just told you to go and plant the seeds in fact go scatter the seeds scatter them scatter them i'll deal with the growth i'll call somebody else to come and water and then i'll give the increase you guys just go scatter seeds and so that's what we're doing through that ministry so we thank god for those who work in that department any other announcements anything else sister becky yes awesome thank you you said sunday nine to eleven okay sunday nine to eleven amen amen so that's awesome An opportunity to just go and and be able to be served and you said it's the west ohio food bank awesome on kibby, okay awesome yes thank you thank you thank you amen amen any other announcements it's good to have deacon Breston back i know sunday you said your back it was your back was bothering you yeah he walked here tonight. Oh man, let's give God a praise. Uh, Deacon Breston walked the church tonight and still beat his mom here. Amen. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. Um, we thank the Lord. <laughs> we thank the Lord. I'll share this with us since it's just family here. We ain't. Thank you for joining us. Please like our podcast and leave us a five-star review. God bless, and have an amazing week.